0: now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff.
1: My guest is Chris Bergman. Chris had a near-death experience where he encountered a friend who had passed, and today we're going to learn about it. Chris, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome.
0: Hey, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
1: Let's start talking about your NDE. What happened?
0: Sure, I'll give you the the run-up to it, as to why I ended up in hospital twice. Um, first, I was uh, it was around, um, sorry, Valentine's Day. And I was getting ready to go out for dinner with my wife, and wasn't feeling it. I was feeling kind of crappy, and went out for dinner. It was supposed to be a great dinner, and just couldn't eat anything. Didn't know what was wrong with me. Went back home and for the next couple of days, still didn't feel right, but I started to swell up and get bigger and bigger and bigger. I had no, no idea what was going on. What was, wasn't in a lot of pain. And my wife made me go to the hospital Of course. Right. Cause we're guys and we'll just put off anything, especially going to the hospital. So uh, I go into the hospital and right away, they're like, buddy, uh, you got a ruptured appendix. We're going to have to do an operation right away. And I thought, cool, you're done. No problem. Went in for the emergency operation. Everything was good. Uh, They ended up putting me in a ward that was uh, so hot. I don't know why this particular room was so hot, but it was the absolute worst experience of my life. Couldn't sleep. Didn't feel like eating. Felt sick. And 2 o'clock in the morning, there was a naked guy running around the ward where they had to lock down the whole ward because he was screaming that people were trying to kill him. I mean, it was just like, Total chaos. I would have done anything to get out of there. I mean, anything. So finally, I got released. Um, I still wasn't feeling 100%. Still pretty swollen. Doctors were convinced I was on the mend. And it was a good idea to go home. So I got home and just started puking. And I, I mean, I've never puked so much in my life. It was continuous for three days. And it was... Um, it was probably the the lowest I've been physically in my life. I it's it's weird because you start bargaining in your head that you know if you if you give me five minutes sleep I'll puke and I'll feel better. You make these weird bargains in your head just to to get you through the night, and uh, it just wasn't working. And I think the turning point for me going back into the hospital after three days of being home puking was when my wife came in because uh, I was in the spare room. Didn't want to disturb her. And she came in, and I just projectile vomited. And it was, I mean, it could have gone 15 feet. It was absolutely disgusting. And she's like, yeah, buddy, you're going back into hospital again. So the second time I go into hospital, meet me into emergency again, still not feeling 100%, uh, feeling really bloated. And as soon as I puke in emergency, they just rushed me into a COVID unit, self-isolation unit, nobody allowed in there. Uh, hooked me up to IV, no drugs because I wasn't in any pain. I was just feeling bloated and uncomfortable. Jam a nasal intubation suction tube down my nose because I had gallons of intestinal fluid that was building up. And that's why I was swelling up so much. And pretty much once they got the tube down and a couple liters of this goo out of me, I just disappeared. I was lying in the bed and out of nowhere. I didn't. It wasn't like I was falling to a nice restful sleep or anything. It was just out of nowhere I was gone to a different place. Excuse me. So this other place, the best way I can describe it, it was very much like being in outer space. Almost like your background. If you looked at your background, it was just like floating around there, kind of aimlessly. No real bodily form, but you knew, at least I knew I was still intact and then i ended up in this uh, way i best can describe it as an infinite sphere of i'll call them boxes or uh screens it was just this massive sphere that totally surrounded you and uh the weird part was you were aware of every single one of them at the same time and if you touched one uh it would play a scene from your life but you'd physically experience the scene at the same time, as soon as you touch it. So you'd be watching it. The only way you could describe it is like watching a TV, but you actually felt it at the same time. And I remember, I always remember just thinking in my head going, fuck, that is so cool. And for whatever reason, I, I turned to my right. And from that point, I was in a different area. And over to my right, was this guy? Best way I can describe him is a guy, white guy, white beard, white hair, white robe, just standing there. Looked, seemed really familiar. I don't know why he felt familiar. He didn't say anything to me right away. Just felt like I knew who he was. So uh, I see him and I'm I'm looking at him, and then uh, I look to my left, and there's these it looks like two infants somewhat sort of attached and they're running towards me with a super excited look on their face. Like they were ecstatic to see me. And I'm thinking, who is that? And it took me a few months to kind of wrap my head. And it's only just a guess, but I guess that those two infants were the two stillborn uh, siblings. I would have had, had my mom not had uh, two stillborn babies many years ago. And, And that is my only explanation. So and then I look back to the, the guy in the white robe and he's kind of standing in front of a gate and beyond the gate is a, I'm going to say thousands. It could have been an infinite amount of people, but it was like a, a sea of people, but they were all kind of attached at the same time. And they definitely getting a positive vibe from the whole group. And then right kind of in front of them was this guy just staring at me with a smile on his face, just a stupid smile on his face. And again, this took me a few months to realize who that guy was. And I think, I pretty much believe it was a friend of mine who had died six months earlier and uh, was just sitting there just smiling at me, looking like, yeah, buddy, it ain't your turn. The funny thing was me and him had the exact same birthday, which is kind of cool. So I turned back to the guy in white, and uh, he grabs my hands, like clasps them in his hands like this. And I I, I can still remember the physical warmth of uh, him grabbing my hands. It was just, uh, it's, it's hard to describe. Nothing you've ever experienced in a dream because he kind of experienced fear or emotions in dreams, but nothing really physical, but I could feel this physical warmth of uh, his hands grabbing mine. And he, he started to talk to me, and I couldn't understand what he was saying. It was like a, f- a completely foreign language. I had no idea what he was saying. So uh, I was looking at my hands, and as I go to look up at his face, they kind of ask him, you know, what are you trying to tell me? All I see is this bright white, but really warm light at the same time. Couldn't see his face, just a light. And then, boom, I was back in the emergency. lying in bed, woke up. I was so freaking relaxed, totally accepting of anything they wanted to do. I was just totally at peace with everything. And from then on, uh, it was the best experience in hospital. They moved me up to a different room. The room I moved into was super cool, like I'm physically cool. It was nice and quiet, um, and and just everything was so much easier to deal with. I don't know if it's because of the NDE or it was because of the previous experience being so bad. I could have stayed there for months. I wouldn't have minded. Even though I was on no food, no water for four days, I, you know, attached to a suction tube to the wall, you know, up my nose and had to get the nurse in if I wanted to move. Had the IVs, and my hand was blowing up because the IVs uh, had created a blood clot in my aunt, in my uh, actually in my hand and my arm. Uh, no issues. I was just like, yeah, this is all good. It was an, even a, the funniest one of the funniest things it was an old lady in the room with me, and she was profoundly deaf. She couldn't hear anything, but somebody had given her this little radio, and every morning about six o'clock in the morning, she would crank this radio. But it wasn't music. It was just static because she couldn't hear any of it. And I just thought it was the best thing in the world for this woman to be so overjoyed <laughs> with this static coming from the radio because you could hear it saying, oh, this is just the best. And it was just completely changed my mindset. It was, uh, it was a pretty remarkable and memorable experience. And, that's, and that has stuck with me today. Seriously, I, the, the way I treat people, the way I talk to people, far more open. With everybody. It's just, um, yeah, truly really life changing. It's for the better. And I've absolutely no part of it had any negativity attached to it at all. Everything was positive. There was no feeling of fear, no feeling of negativity. It was just, it was super cool. Mm. It, it's hard to convey what it actually feels like. But uh that's, yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, pure joy almost, if you could put it into a word. With the you know dancing around being happy, but just that sort of content joy that you feel.
1: Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. Yeah. As soon as you crossed over, did you realize where you were or what had happened? I had no idea. I had felt like because
0: I didn't know I was that sick. Seriously, I just thought uh, I'm I'm doing okay. I'll be fine. But uh, yeah, it was just it was it was just as if somebody had just sucked me out and just drop me into outer space like you have no no time to think this is a dream or anything it's just like whoa this is this is pretty cool were you like whoa where am i what happened you know what i was more appreciating the view (laughs) it's just like this is you know you're you're kind of looking around going wow this is freaking awesome i know it's it's hard you should be thinking where am i what's going on Mm but while i was going through it it was more like
1: no this is this is pretty cool Maybe you're so overwhelmed by everything. It doesn't even matter what happened. You're just in awe. I could totally buy that because
0: that's kind of what you felt like. It was like somebody guiding you through this process, but they're not with you. But there's sort of a definite linear sort of structure to it. So you start offloading in outer space. Then you go through this sort of sphere of all your experiences. And then you move towards this sort of gate where there's somebody standing there. And it just kind of flows all together. And yeah, it's it's totally overwhelming.
1: Do you remember any of your experiences that you viewed? And if so, were they positive things that you've done in your life or negative things?
0: You know, the one little tile I hit and played on, it was just a really benign childhood memory, which had no particular significance to it. But I just remember, I mean, because I remembered it was a house we had lived in 50 years ago. And I just remember, and it was like, and that's why I said, it's so fucking cool <laughs> because it was just, it was so real, but so vivid and you're experiencing experience at the same time. So it's, it was all positive. There's nothing negative attached to any of it.
1: Who do you think the guy with the beard is?
0: That's a good question. I, you know, at first he, he looked like a, a friend of mine's dad who had passed many years ago. And I thought maybe it was him, but it, he was taller and it's, I don't know. No and it's it's one of those things I've had a lot of uh religious people try and tell me different aspects on sort of their point of view on who it was and I've, I've read some of the stuff they've given me and nothing really comes close to uh actually having that sort of physical interaction with mm-hmm. somebody like that I don't know who he was or or where he came from or whatever but yeah it wasn't even anything I've read hasn't really even come close to to recognizing who it was
1: do you recognize the language that he spoke to you now that you've been back like oh it sounded like german or, or italian or whatever my first guess because it was so
0: foreign was it was gaelic
1: because if you ever listen to
0: somebody speak gaelic it's just you cannot understand it but still i have no idea some religious friends tell me it's uh oh what's the one aramaic hmm. They're convinced it was Aramaic that was being spoken to me. And I, I don't remember the words. I don't remember the sound structure of it. I just remember thinking, What are you trying to tell me? Mm. And that's, yeah, that's why I was looking. I went to look
1: at him. I was going to ask him, oh, What are you trying to tell me? Usually people are speaking to each other telepathically. And I think that this is the first time that anybody ever told me that they didn't understand the language the person was speaking to them. Because usually it's kind of a yeah. knowingness, anyways. Yeah, no, it's, it, you know, it felt familiar, but
0: still, I have no idea. And then there was that friend of mine sitting there smiling, looking at me like, you know, it was just odd that somebody would be sitting there smiling at me. That took me a long time to figure out why he was just sitting there smiling at me. But uh, I think he was just there saying, yeah, don't worry, buddy. we will be, be back. I got you.
1: Do you think that being was humanoid or could have been an alien from another planet?
0: Well, it looked like a human, but uh, I, I had no idea. Hmm. I really don't. It, it could have been anything or anybody. I I really don't know. It's, it's hard to even try and guess. You know, you can, I, li- I love um, religious uh, art. Like We went to Italy, went to Florence, and just the art is just absolutely amazing. I often wonder if that sort of uh, religious connotation and uh, sort of iconography got entrenched into my brain as to putting a kind of a, a structure in the face to what I was seeing, but I, I don't know. That's just, I, it's all guesswork because mm-hmm. how would I know? I didn't understand what you was saying.
1: Have you considered getting hypnotized to see if you can pick up any other things that you might've forgot? That's kind of a cool question because yes, and I've
0: considered going to mediums as well, just to kind of see, but I did a, a brief meditation at home on, the, I think it was the Akashic records, just, sort of a benign meditation at home. So I was lying in bed listening to this on the earbuds. And then out of nowhere, there was nobody around. My wife was downstairs. The cats were downstairs and lying in bed. And then I feel two fingers, definitely two fingers, come and tap me on the head twice to wake me up. And it was like, okay. I had to lie. Seriously, I had to get out of bed and look around to see if there was anybody around. It was that real. And yeah, so I'd be totally open to getting hypnotized or going deeper to see what it actually was.
1: Did you notice any lack of time while you were over there? Like, did it seem like you were there for hours and hours or days? Or yes. Years?
0: It went by too fast, but it seemed like it was forever at the same time. Cause you felt like you had all the time in the world. Cause you just, I mean floating around, no bodily form. There's nothing. Nobody's pushing. you. You're not on a road. You're not walking anywhere, but you're just kind of, you know, you're moving towards something. So there's no real concept of time. But uh, it, it's just seemed like when every time I try and uh, tell anybody about it, it just seems so fast. And I have no idea how long I was out. I just remember a doctor walked by and she asked me, She goes, Where did you go? I walked by and you were as red as a fire truck when I walked by. I was like, I have no idea.
1: Do you notice that you have any abilities that you didn't have before the experience?
0: Um, that's an interesting question that I don't think I'd have any abilities at all, but I've become far more aware of people and things and myself and, uh, how I feel about things and people. And I'm just, it's, it's a totally new openness to receiving things. It's, it's like a complete change. So instead of saying no to something, as a podcast interview with you, normally I just say, no, I, I just can't be bothered. I just said, no, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to, this is a gift that's coming to me. I'll be glad to embrace it. And that's kind of what I've been doing for the last, this was only in February this year. So it's what I've been doing for the last six months is just trying to really stay more open to things and uh, to people situations, you know, instead of saying no, I'll just say, yeah, and uh, give it a shot. So it's not a new ability, but it's definitely a new perspective. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you comment more on how you've changed since the experience?
0: Oh, just, oh man, that's,
1: <laughs> that's a tough
0: one. Cause I was in such a rough shape when I got home. I had, I had lost 30 pounds of muscle mass and <laughs> my arms were so thin. It was embarrassing. And physically it's been a really interesting transformation because I feel so much stronger now than I have. Previously, even though 20, 30 years ago, I just feel physically stronger and more capable. And mentally, uh, the the mental clarity I came out of hospital with, it was just insane. I never experienced anything like that. And it's it's still stuck with me. And like I said, I'm just far more uh, open to people. And I've, I'm noticing the more I'm open with people, the more they're open to me and the way they communicate and talk and, it's just really, um, I guess, embracing life a, more, a lot more. I know in some aspects, even my wife has said I've seen uh, seem disconnected, and it's, it does feel like that time at times because you sometimes feel like, that's uh, well, tough to explain. You, you know you're whole, but you feel like a, a small portion of you has been kind of removed and put back, but it doesn't quite fit the same way. So it's, you know, you're intact, you know, you're whole, but it's something is just not meshing the same way it did, but it's not a bad thing because it's causing you to do things you normally wouldn't do.
1: So that's kind of a weird explanation, but that's pretty much the best I could come up with. Do you just feel like there's something different about you now? Oh yeah,
0: totally. Yeah.
1: Just feel, uh,
0: well, again, it's, you feel changed. That's the best word for it. I mean, you, there's no way around it. You you do feel changed and it is for the better. It's, I mean, it's not like good. You come out and you're just mad at the world or anything, but you just feel better about everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting frame of mind and it's, it's really good to embrace it as opposed to trying to fight it. I can understand why people would want to fight it, but
1: yeah, I'm enjoying it. Let's look at it this way. Who were you before? Were you because you're talking about being more open? Were you a person that didn't communicate with people that much and kind of you know solitary to yourself? No, not necessarily. It was just more um,
0: with uh, people you don't know so well, a little more superficial. Where now I'll uh, spend more time to try and actually get to know the the deeper person, which is always good and if somebody i mean i'm very open about what i talk with the ndd and stuff and i've told so many people and they've really accepted and i think it's in a weird way helped a lot of people deal with because i know a friend of mine whose dad recently died uh said his dad was terrified of death mm-hmm. and it made him feel better to uh have to have me tell him that no there's it just doesn't end you're not just going into a black void when you die there's actually something beyond that what that is i don't know but his dad was terrified because he just thought it was nothingness, just a black void, and he didn't want to go there. So, like, just being very a lot more open, and you know, instead of keeping it to myself, I'm just sharing it with everybody, just freely, mm-hmm. whether they accept it or not. That's that's okay. I don't mind.
1: Has your wife told you anything about you, like, hey, you've changed in this way, Chris, or anything like that? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of course.
0: <laughs> well, she's, you know, she's told me I've been disconnected. I came back and I was just physically and mentally weak. I was just a wreck. And uh, yeah, it's it's tough when somebody goes through this and you can't relate because I can, you know, this was traumatizing for her, like truly, because to watch me who has never been in hospital in his life, all of a sudden I have to go to hospital, not once, but twice. And then when I come back home, Somebody who's you know walking ten twelve miles a day can't even walk up a flight of stairs, you know that's that's pretty traumatizing to go through. So, you know, I, I think she's coming around to get to the point where she I can talk a lot more about it with her, and she's not so traumatized by it. But uh, you know, it's you do come back changed, and it, it's it's some things you just can't explain to people. I, it doesn't matter who they are. It's you it's something inside you which you know is different but you can't you can't verbalize it it's 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 more for you as opposed to for other people doesn't matter who they are how close they are
1: to you it's just something inside you that you it's more of a gift that you want to keep if you know what i mean it sounds like it traumatized your wife more than you (laughs) oh totally 100 percent. i think when uh she finally got
0: a hold of me in emergency. Uh, <laughs> she was trying to phone them, they, they they weren't phoning her back. They weren't phoning her back. She had no idea if I was alive or dead. And then they finally give me the phone, and you'll appreciate this. I said, uh, "Don't sell my
1: guitars for what I told you I paid for them." Oh, I don't think she saw the humor in that, though. I think you mentioned something else about your guitars. Is that was that was, it, was that the story?
0: That was one of them, but it was the. The fact that I managed to contact Jeff Long from Long & McQuaid up here in Canada, and he actually, this and this was all part of me being more open to people. Uh, I would never contact the owner of a company. I don't know why I contacted the owner of a you know a national company to get me a guitar. But I did, and right away he got back to me and opened a dialogue, and it's, you know, I've got that bass it. I think I told you about that from Japan that's that was the thing it was these this sort of mental clarity that came to me in hospital and then at the same time i reached out to uh jeff about the guitar and then golden boy which you saw before my other uh you there, right there um the same thing it was this it was after I had arranged for one i arranged for another gear because they were so open to it and you know it's kind of progressed from there i'll i i I was telling you about a book I had read that really helped me. I reached out to the author of that and uh, talked to him online, which is great. And he was very communicative and receptive too. So it's that's what I mean. You've changed instead of just you know, kind of living virtual lifestyle and not really talking to anybody and commenting on posts and stuff. I'm actually, reaching out and talking to people and uh, you know, and if they're open to it, great. If they're not, it doesn't bother me. That's great.
1: I mean, it seems like you just had an overall positive experience. Oh, 100%. There's been, other than
0: the physical aspect, there's been no downside. Do you fear so, death at all? Nothing. No, and it's not like I'm going to go out and be a, a daredevil or do something stupid, but the actual fear of death, no, that's been removed. It's, to wake up with that is, because I think that's you know, kind of the internal question, eternal question that uh people never ask themselves, are you afraid to die? And there's only one way to answer it is if you go through something like this. And my answer was no. I'm not afraid to die. It's there's, There is nothing to fear. To me, there was no no downside. I would have happily stayed, but not like I had a choice. I just came flying back.
1: Is there anything that inspires you about your experience?
0: Oh, I think just that really deep, deep internal peaceful feeling it's um something trying to kind of strive for more instead of you know it's, it, it's totally stupid uh, comparison but just to just smile be happy it's that's kind of you know there's so much negative shit that can get get you down uh to more focus on the positive and i notice a lot of things like i i mentioned this in one post if you see somebody who's like a really angry person. And there's always like an angry person at work. It doesn't matter where you work. You're going to have an angry person. Um, but once you kind of see them for who they are, which is usually some hurt child, there's has some traumatic experience as a child and they're lashing out. And that's why they're so angry at, at everybody. Uh, once you see them for that, it's you, you can't see any other way. Hmm. It's a it, it, totally different way of looking at things. And just seeing kind of the best way to describe it is looking for beauty in the mundane, I mean, you can look at the stupidest little thing and all of a sudden you realize how beautiful it is. Totally different mindset. One thing I would add is um, when I went back to work, one thing I did notice was um, sort of constant flow of feathers coming down out of the sky for no apparent reason. I don't know why. talked to a good friend of mine and they said it was, you know, you're closer to spirit. I get that. I, I can appreciate that. It's It kind of felt like that, but it's that was for like the two or three months after I returned to work, and then it's just kind of tapered off. And it wasn't like birds were in the sky or anything. It was just these feathers would be dropping out of the sky and landing
1: by me. Yeah, I, I don't – it's just weird. I think that some people say or will say that when you see feathers, it's somebody on the other side trying to contact you.
0: Oh, I can see that. I totally understand that. So yeah, hundred percent. You know, I know tons of dead people. So somebody's
1: reaching out. I'm hoping to. It. So this just happened last February, right? Yeah, February this year, 2021. Wow. So that's this is a fresh NDE. Yeah. Oh yeah. What, what are we at? Eleven? What is that? Nine months ago.
0: Yeah. About there. Yeah.
1: Mm, that's amazing do you have any negative after effects from this um
0: not so far you know just pain around the the scar where i was cut open but Mm -hmm. uh other than that no i don't think so and i I feel like i should be more traumatized by it no i don't know why i feel like that but i feel like i should Mm -hmm. so uh even going back into hospital in the next month or a minor hand surgery. Right. But uh, you know, you would think I'd be more scared of even going back into a hospital, but nothing, nothing at all.
1: So what caused you to go back the second time? Did your, did your sutures tear or something and you were leaking the fluid from your appendectomy or what?
0: No, They thought I was good to go. And um, I obviously had an internal blockage that wasn't resolved. And I had spent three days in a spare room throwing up. And as I was throwing up, I was breathing in all my own stomach acid. So I ended up with aspiration pneumonia from breathing in all my stomach acid. So my lungs were down to about 5% of their normal capacity. I was just barely being able to breathe. Mm. And then I had the internal blockage. And then I was also going septic because of the internal blockage. So I had the, the trifecta of things that could take you out and it was a good thing I went back to hospital I talked to a firefighter friend of mine and uh, he said they find so many guys dead doing exactly what I did it was about this was February so it was about minus one and I thought I was doing fantastic my head was not in the right space so I had the window open I'm breathing in this minus one degree air just because I needed to feel like I was getting some oxygen flow into my lungs and that's just the road to nowhere, because once you kind of get to that position, you get weaker and weaker and weaker. And that's when the firefighters find you the next day dead on the floor because you couldn't even make it to the phone. So I was lucky. Wow. My wife actually made me go back to hospital for the second time. Cause like I said, I thought I was doing great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that you had it the first time and you didn't even have pain. I, I know I drove actually. I'd, I had gone for minor
0: finger surgery in January and I was supposed to return to work. The day I was supposed to return to work was the day I was admitted for emergency appendectomy. I even drove myself to the hospital. And I was like canceling appointments on the way to the hospital. It was just like no big deal. I thought maybe I had a pulled muscle. Other than the fact that I looked like I had gained 30 pounds. But other than that, nothing. No pain, no nothing.
1: Hmm. I know. Wow.
0: So if you ever got a pain in the lower right quadrant of your head yeah go to hospital. Don't yes. be like me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right.
1: All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message?
0: Embrace everyone and everything around you because it's all good and you never know when it can get taken away. Um, enjoy what you have while you have it. It's 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 truly a gift that if you're not appreciating it now, I mean, you should be. You really should be. But there is nothing. I mean, as far as dying goes, there was nothing to fear on the other side. It was just so peaceful, so familiar, and so relaxing. Um, I I don't don't know why anybody would ever have a fear of it. And that's totally from a non-religious perspective. I didn't see angels flying around or anything like. It was just it was a very real experience for me that way, but very positive at the same time.
1: Thank you, Chris, for that message, and thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate you, and I wish you the best. Well,
0: thanks for having me, Jeff. I really appreciate it. A little apprehensive at first, I got to admit, but uh, yeah, it was quite enjoyable. You're a good guy.
1: Thank you, and likewise. Oh, thanks. All right, have a great evening. All right, you too, man. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast.